You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never ending assistance in Ramat Bishim Israel 5782, 2022. This week's partial is partial and we have the laws, many, many laws, many clear guidances, let us call them, from Hashem as to how we as Jews should behave, what it means to respect other people's property, what it means to have different types of interactions with people, what it means to respect our parents, what it means to respect Hashem. And as an introduction to the concept of Mishpatim, the Medrash, the very beginning of our Parsha, tells us a very deep idea, gives us a very important contrast, and also gives us a look, a peek into the future, into what happens in times of Mashiach, in times of the Messiah, when it comes to, we're speaking about judgments, we're speaking about Mishpatim, we're speaking about laws. What happens to those who didn't keep the laws, who didn't have proper justice, in their relationship with the Jewish people throughout time. What happens to them ultimately? So let's see, there's a beautiful medrash. It's amazing to me how, you know, it can be even the first medrash in a parsha. I never learned it before. And it's really so touching and beautiful. So worth hearing and understanding and relating relating to it. Ve'ela HaMishpatim says the medrash. The very first words of our parsha, Ve'ela HaMishpatim, these are the laws. Hadahu dichsiv. This is what it says in the Pasuk. The Pasuk in Tehillim in, in Psalms chapter 99 verse 4 says that God loves the, the, the strength the, the king of judgment loves. What does this Pasuk mean? What is this, what is this verse speaking about? We're speaking about, says the Medrash, giving strength to God. When do we see, of course, God has all the strength, God has all the power, but when, when do we see that God has the power? Says the Medrash, when God brings upon the idol worshippers, those who denied Him throughout, throughout history, whether it was idols of gold and silver, of wood, or whether it's uh, intellectual idols, liberalism, Socialism, all the isms of the world. Ultimately, Hashem will bring justice to those who denied Him and to those who denied the centrality of the spiritual gift of the Jewish people. The Medrash gives us a contrast. What is what is a idol worshiping king? How does he? And, and idol worshiping can also mean worship of self, of course. Egoism is also a type of idol worship. Instead of placing God at the center, we place ourselves at the center. So the quintessential example of this kind of person is Nebuchadnezzar, Melech Babel, the king of Babylonia, the one who destroyed the first temple. The, the wicked Nebuchadnezzar said as follows. He was gaivedic, he was haughty, and he said as follows, He referred to the greatness of Babylonia. It's a verse in Daniel, in Daniel, chapter 4, verse 27. So he speaks in a very haughty way, and we'll see more of what he says in a moment, but God responds to him, to his haughtiness. Russia, God says to him, You are wicked. You're a, a smelly, a smelly um, liquid, a smelly liquid. 
It's a reference to the source of the human being, where we come from. We come from a smelly liquid. Niska Esa, Marta, you were haughty and you said, Biskaf Chisni, Vilikar Hajri. Nebuchadnezzar spoke about the great, his own great power, his own great honor. And he was honored and he was powerful. He was the king over the entire civilized world at the time. If we could call it civilized. Ve'ena Tayodea, Hashem says to Nebuchadnezzar, You don't know. Sha'akol Shali. Hagidula Shali v'chaisen Shali. God, as it were, says to Nebuchadnezzar, You don't realize. You can't claim any of the power. You can't claim any of the honor. The honor and the power all belong to me. I've lent it to you. I've given you that power. But it's not yours. It's mine. Says the Medrash in contrast, what is it that the Jewish people, as represented by King David, how do we approach the honor and the power? The leaders of the nations of the world, they approach it as if they have the power, they have the honor. And then they wield that power in the way that they see fit, which is, of course, an obvious contradistinction to the way that God would have it be done, the way that God would have it be used. King David says, David says, To you, Hashem, to you, Hashem, is the power, the greatness, the awesomeness, the beauty. And King David says in Tehillim and Psalms, Hashem, Hashem, my God, you have done great things. He doesn't speak of his own greatness. He doesn't speak of his own accomplishments. All of the accomplishments belong to Hashem, belong to God. So that's an amazing contrast. Hashem shows to him, to Nebuchadnezzar, look at, look at how you speak. Look how a king of the Jewish people speaks. That's the amazing difference between you and them. The small amount of king, kingship that you have is mine. Daniel also says to him, The God of the heavens, His kingship, He has given you power. He has given you honor. But you said, That is your own power, it's your own honor. This is the Medrash is the understanding of the Pasuk, the verse that speaks about the fact that God loves God loves justice. When does Hashem, as the Medrash understands it, the verse is saying, God receives us, He receives the power. Why? Because He gives the power to us, to the Jewish people. When the Jewish people have the power, when we have the Mishpat, when we have the judgment, when we have the Bateidin, when we have the proper Jewish uh, halachic courts deciding matters based on the Torah, based on God's command, where do we find that God receives back the power, so to speak? Where is the credit given back to God? The power is given back to God when the Jewish people, when we, those who follow the Torah, the dictates of the Torah, those who follow the humility which God commands to us within the Torah, we give back the power to Hashem. God gets the power. God has the power. And God loves justice. He loves true justice. Of course, in the world today, we don't see a lot of true justice. We see very little true justice. We see a lot of people who are very uh, 
let us say, not humble, who are judging, who are allowing themselves to be warped by their previous opinions or by the the judges and the media, whatever it is. God loves judgment and He gives it to those who He love. Who does God love? It's the Jewish people. So, amazing thing. Just an amazing idea, an amazing concept. We think about Mishpatim, we don't usually think about it in this way. God gives us all these laws. The laws are very clear, they're very constricting in a certain sense. But they make clear that which we are to do. What does it mean to have a relationship with somebody else? What does it mean? To whom does this money belong? Right? We have an argument. One person says it belongs to him. One person says it belongs to him. Who's right? The continuation of the verse in Psalms, chapter, chapter 99, verse 4. It says, You prepared for the righteous. The righteous ways. Beautiful thing, the measure says. You prepared straightness for those who love you. Those who love you, speaking of the Jewish people, who love the law of Hashem, who continue to keep the law, who continue to, to keep all of the 613 commandments of the Torah. Through these laws, that you gave them, says the Medrash, an amazing thing. They fight with each other. The Jewish people fight with each other. Yes, we do. We have disagreements. Two Jews, two views, right? We have disagreements with each other. But because we have a bottom line, we have a definition of what truth is. We have a de- definition of what is true justice. The Torah defines what is true justice. Ultimately, we come to peace. Our fighting isn't, oh, I say my opinion, you say your opinion, and then uh, we agree to disagree, which is, that's a level. But it's a deeper level here. It's, we come at it, we fight it out, we bang it out until we find the truth. We're looking for the real truth. We're, lo- we're looking for who really does this be- money belong to? To whom does this money really belong? The Jewish people say in front of God, So now something comes up, and this is where we get to the concept of Mashiach, the Messiah, and what it looks like in the end of the days, because you know, God gave us the Torah 3,300 years ago. 3,300 years, we have the Torah, we have the Mishpat, we know what justice looks like. We know what true and proper justice looks like. We know what it looks like, we know to whom things belong. There's an argument, if, if, if my animal causes damage to your animal, we know what to do. The Torah gives us a definition. But you see, there's a lot of the population in the world that doesn't know what to do. What about the Evdei Kachavim who didn't follow our lead, so to speak. They didn't have proper justice. They didn't have proper systems of justice. And in fact, they used their systems of justice in order to destroy the Jewish people, to cause damage to the Jewish people. What happens to them ultimately? So that's the question of the Jewish people. What about, what about the idol worshippers? What about the, the nations of the world who used, they, they misused justice? God says, look, there's a very uh, important way of approaching when true justice, when final justice will be meted out. When do the nations of the world receive their justice? When 
Is there a nekama bagoyim? Right? We speak about every day in Tachanun, we ask God to avenge, to avenge the, the injustices that have occurred throughout history. When does that happen? So there's a time, God says, and we're going to see this medrash is so beautiful, so important, so touching. There is a time when you are uh, a farmer, when you have a vineyard. So you have to wait until the fruit ripens. You can't harvest the, the fruits. You can't bring in the crops early. If you bring it in too early before it's ripe, all you'll get is grapes that are not yet ripe. They're not sweet. They'll just produce vinegar. If you want to produce wine, you want to produce grape juice, you want to produce something sweet, you need to wait until the time has come, until the, the vines are ripe. On that day, we're going to speak about a vineyard, and you are going to sing and respond to the song that we're going to sing. We'll see what the song is very soon. A person cannot uh, pluck, he can't harvest his vineyard before the the fruits have become ripe. Only once it's ripe, then he harvests his his fruits. What do we do? We take the grapes, we take the harvest, and we put it into the threshing floor, or in this case, the the I'm sorry, I lost the word for for what we do. What's the name of the location for the the grapes? And we trample on the grapes. And you sing. Mazamer can mean two things. It can mean that you take off the, the, the branches, the, the extra pieces. It also means to sing. And we sing afterwards. We answer the song. The way a song works is you have a verse and you have a chorus. In the chorus, we always come back in the chorus, as we do in the Shabbos Miris, to the same chorus. We always come back to the same chorus. And uh, we sing that chorus. We respond to God's verse with the chorus. There's a moment that we're waiting for. Medjish tells us there's a moment that we're waiting for, which is the justice. The justice, but we can't wait for it. We can't see the justice. And we can't sing. We can't sing that song, that final song of justice, until the time is ripe. The Lushan that uh, is used in Chazal's Mole Sa'a. The, the measure needs to be filled. And in this medrash, the Lashon is, the language is, that uh, the, the harvest can't be harvested until the fruits are ripe. Kach Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Yisrael. God says to the Jewish people, Hamtinuli ad inasa, wait for me until the time shall Edom. Until the time of, of Edom comes. And there's a moment in history, there's a moment before Mashiach comes, when, or when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah is arriving, where there's a judgment. Right before the Jewish people, and as we saw, the Jewish people receive the kingship, and we give it to God. God receives the kingship. When is the moment that God receives the kingship? It's right after the moment when there's a judgment on the mountain of Seir, on the mountain of Edom. And Edom the, the Edom, which is Esav, is represented by the Western world, by Europe, by America. There's a moment of judgment. That moment, you got to wait for. 
You gotta wait for it. It's not something that happens until the time is ripe. God says, when that moment comes, just like when it comes to a vineyard, you harvest the vineyard, you're taking the grapes, and then you trample the grapes to get out the fruit, to get out the, the juice. So too it's going to be. There's a moment in time where, where, where Edom, the measure is full, the, they are ripe, and it's time for it to be tra- a trampling to occur, a destruction of the old order, the destruction of the secular order, of the liberal order, of the idolatrous order. Shana'amar, the verse says, Al Edoim Ashlich Na'ali. Pasuk says in Tehillim, in Psalms chapter 60, verse 10, upon Edom, upon the, the, the Western world, God says, I will send my shoe. There'll be a trampling. I will start, I will say the verse, says Hashem, and you will respond with the chorus. That's why the Pasuk says, I don't know if it's the understanding of that verse that we quoted before from Isaiah chapter 27, verse 2. The Medrash this is an amazing thing. There's a concept here, and I want to reference once again a Gemara that, I'm, that I, I learned recently. Gemara Psachim on Kufiyot Tesla Beis, page 119b. This Medrash and that Medrash speak about something that happens in the end of time, which is the cup is full. We speak about the measure being full, we speak about the harvest being ripe, and we speak about the cup being full. There's a cup, a cup of vengeance which we speak about on Pesach. Pesach is a celebration of the cup of vengeance which was poured upon the Egyptians 3,300 years ago. But there's a cup ultimately that is poured upon the nations of the world, a cup of vengeance for all of the evils that were perpetrated upon the Jewish people for this incredibly long goal, 2,000 years of exile. Okay, so we have this cup. The cup is full. The Medrash... The, the Gemara in Pesachim talks about how there's a su'uda, HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a meal. He makes a su'uda for the tzaddikim, the righteous ones, in the end of time, when Mashiach, when the Messiah arrives. And God's ter- God turns to each of them after, at the end of the su'uda, at the end of the meal. Of course, the end of the meal represents the completion and asks them to, to, to bench, to lead the grace after meals, Birkas Hamazun. He turns first to Avram Avinu, to Abraham, and he says, you lead it. Avram says, I can't do it because I had a son named Yishmael. I had Yitzchak. Yitzchak was a great tzaddik, the, the beginning of the Jewish people, but I also had Yishmael. I can't be the one. So they give the cup to Yitzchak. Yitzchak says, I can't lead the, the benching. You know why? I had a son named Esav. Okay, they pass it to Yaakov. Yaakov says, I can't lead the benching because I also had my own issue. I married two sisters. In, the, in, the, in their lifetime, which is forbidden. The Torah is going to forbid that later. So there was something wrong in my Avodah Hashem. Yaakov then tries to pass it to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe says, I, I was not able to enter the land of Israel because a Muslim speaks about coming into Israel. I didn't complete it. I, I couldn't complete this. You know, because a Muslim is about the completion. Moshe says, I can't complete it. He passes it to Yoshua. Yoshua brought the Jewish people into Israel, but he didn't have a son, the Gemara says. He didn't have a child. So, he didn't, his malchus wasn't something that was miskainen, it didn't continue. He was a Mashiach bin Yosef. 
Finally, they pass it to King David. And David HaMelech is representing Mashiach bin David. He's the one whose son Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon indeed, built the base HaMikdash. He's the one who ultimately, Mashiach bin David, the Messiah from the house of David, will indeed build the third base HaMikdash, the third and final temple. So David is somebody who is able to complete. And he's the one who says, Birkas HaMazan. And he says, and this is the point that I wanted to bring. He brings, he says this Pasuk, Right, when we say Birkas HaMazon, certainly on Pesach night we do it, but there's an idea to do it even not on Pesach night. We hold a cup of wine in our hand, we hold this cup. I will raise up the, the cup of salvation. Right? To whom does David HaMelech, King David, as we saw before in this Medrash, to whom does he give the honor? He gives it to Hashem. God is the one who gave salvation. Uveshem Hashem Ekra, in the name of God I will call out. So there's a kais. The kais is a cup. He holds it up. And as the Marsha points out, I believe it's the Marsha, maybe it's one of the other Mephorshim. Kais is Gimachi Elikim. Kais is the, has the numerical value of 86. The name of God, Elohim, which denotes God's judgment, His justice, is also Elohim, is 86. Right? Is that correct? Kais is 86, that's correct. Elohim. Elohim is 86. 87. Gotta do the Gematria. Elohim. Could be off by one, you're allowed. Same gematria, why? Because first, when we speak about the cup, it be, it's ultimately it comes to Yudke Vavke, is Rachamim is the concept of God's mercy. Because the cup is filled, we see God's judgment upon the world. The cup is filled, and Hashem brings out his anger upon the nations of the world. In Ba'ani, says the Medjish, in Ba'ani, Hashem says, if I would, if I would bring about the justice early, before the time is ripe, before the harvest is ready, before the cup is full, so then they would be completely destroyed from the world. Right? Because if you harvest the grapes too early, as we said before, so then the, they won't provide any sweetness. Nothing good will come of it. And ultimately, the point of the destruction of Edom is not an utter destruction which, which, you know, destroys all the people and leaves nothing of them. But rather, it's as, as, a, as in a wine press, where you take the grapes and you squeeze out the sweet, the sweet juice, and you discard the parts of it that are not, that are not desirable. So too it is ultimately. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to destroy the parts of Adam, the parts of the nations of the world that are destructive and negative and antithetical to spirituality and antithetical to God, the atheistic elements, the secular elements. But ultimately what's squeezed out of it, the justice comes when the truth is squeezed out, when what's right and righteous is squeezed out. And that can't be done early. If it's done early, then the, then, then the wine will not be good. It, will be, it won't be sweet. It will, be, it will turn into vinegar. Says the Medrash, God says, I don't have the anger, I withhold my anger. Unlike the nations, the nations, uh, you know, they let out their anger upon the Jewish people throughout history. They're angry, they use their justice, they shoot their justice our way, unfairly, unjustly. 
He says, I wait until the moment when it's ripe, and then ultimately I destroy the evil altogether, and what's left over is only good. Is only good. So powerful idea, unbelievable idea. The Jewish people are given judgment. Why? Why are we given the right to judge honestly based on the Torah's the Torah's way? And that's the first part of the Medrash. Because we take the judgment, we take justice, and we give it back to God. We find that often the judges are referred to as Elohim. Right? That they're referred to as we are, we are supposed to bring our judgment to Elohim, to the judges. Why do we refer to it that way? Because Hashem is the judge who is judging alongside the judges. Because when there's a proper judgment, the way that the Jewish people are instructed to judge is without bribery, without shaykhad, without personal negis, without personal biases. But rather, we judge, we give the judgment back to God. When we fulfill the commandments, when we have power, that's where we have the real power, is by fulfilling God's will, we give it back to God. If we have success, we give it back to God. If we have honor, we give it back to God. It all comes back to Him. Why do we have His David HaMelech, King David, King David is the ultimate one who is just like the moon. He just reflects the light. He gives it back to God. Like the moon reflects the light of the sun. He has nothing of his own. And the Jewish people are like that as well. And ultimately, those who do not have that attribute, the nations of the world, Edom, Nebuchadnezzar, who tries to take it to himself, ultimately there is a judgment. Ultimately, their power is removed and given back to the ones who give it back to Hashem. I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us to be able to have this proper understanding of what the Mishpatim are, what the gift is of the Torah, what the gift of the judgments are, the gift of the law, what this amazing gift is to us. And Hashem should give us the patience, the patience that we need. And we say, we want to sing that song, we want to sing the song of truth, of justice. Of, of ultimate justice. We want to sing the song. Hashem should give us the patience to be able to wait for it because we will see it. I'm so sure that we will see it so soon, speedily, and in our days with the coming of Mashiach. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.